We turn in God's Word this morning to the Gospel of John, the 10th chapter. John chapter 10. Over the course of the next several weeks, we'll be on a series of messages from John chapter 10, entitled, The Good Shepherd. We'll be using this through our celebration of the resurrection. It's coming at the end of April, our Series on Mark will continue in our evening messages. Tonight uh, will be the event from Mark chapter 8, the feeding of the 4,000. This morning, though, we'll be reading John chapter 10, and I'll read verses 1 through 21. Truly, truly, I say to you, He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them. The sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I receive from my Father. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? As far the reading of God's word. Let's again ask for God's blessing upon us. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day that you've given us. We thank you that we could be here. Thank you for being the Good Shepherd. And we ask 
that, that we would be obedient sheep. Ask all this in your name alone. Amen. And amen. I want to look at three things from this passage this morning. Even as I've indicated, we'll be looking at it over the course of the next several weeks as well. And so if you think I'm missing something from it, I have several more weeks to catch up and to find that which you think needs to be presented from here as well. This morning we want to focus on the fact that this good shepherd calls by name. This is his work, calling by name. But first, we need to identify who is this good shepherd. Secondly, we need to understand the example of the good shepherd that Jesus is laying before us. And thirdly, we need to understand the action of the good shepherd. What is meant by this calling by name? First of all, then, the identity. And although this may seem simple, it is anything but simple. It is a startling statement, perhaps not so much to us as it was to those who heard. If you pay attention to the last verses that I read, this statement of Jesus that we find in these verses was not only confusing to some, it was also very divisive. So so divisive that there were some who claim that Jesus is demon-possessed. Others believe exactly the opposite. So what seems perhaps clear, maybe we have to dig a little bit deeper So obviously, if we ask the question, who is the good shepherd, we'd say, well, one, it's pretty clear that the one who is speaking, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. Who's the one speaking here? It's Jesus. Jesus is the one who is giving this speech, this sermon, this illustration. And he is the one who is saying, I... Jesus of Nazareth, I am the good shepherd. Well, why is that such a divisive statement? Why is this so hard to understand by those who are listening? Because there are many other statements in Scripture as well that identify the fact that the Lord is the shepherd. We go back to Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We just sang from it. And there, the word Lord, that we so quickly identify with Jesus, for these people to have heard Jesus say, I am the good shepherd, as they think about that and as they reflect upon the fact that Jesus, this person standing before them, is saying, I am the perfect shepherd. I am the sinless shepherd. I am the shepherd in whom there is no fault. Because you see, the word good isn't just good, better, best. 
Good is the word we have to understand from Genesis chapter 1. And the Lord saw that it was good. And the Lord saw that it was good. And the Lord saw that it was good. Meaning it was complete. It was full. There was no imperfections. There was nothing wrong with it. Jesus is saying, I am that one. All that has come before me, there have been imperfections. All that have come before me, there was sin to be found in them. But I am the good shepherd. I am the one of Psalm 23. I am the Lord. I am Yahweh. The term that is used in Psalm 23 is the psalm that identifies the Lord, God, as their covenant God. The one who has entered into a covenant relationship with them. That is the one who is the shepherd. Jesus is saying, I am the Lord. I am your covenant God. I am the one who was before Abraham. I am the I am. Because when we take Psalm 23 and dig a little bit deeper from Psalm 23, we go back to Exodus chapter 4, where God's standing before speaking, I should say, before Moses out of the burning bush, when Moses asks, and who shall I say sent me, identifies himself in this way. Say to them that the I am has sent you. What does that mean? It means the one who is self-sufficient. The one who stands in need of nothing. The one who is complete in his being. The one who is all-wise. The one who is all-knowing. The one who is all-powerful. The one who is all-loving. The one who stands completely independent as all the rest of creation is. The one who has no creator. The one who has no time. I am the good shepherd. And they can't understand this. We, 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 you have a mother and you have flesh and bones. How, how can you be the I am? The only one who can utter such a thing and say that they are God has to be demon-possessed. But that makes no sense because of the good that we see him doing. And so there is division. There is question. Is he the good shepherd or isn't he? Is he the same? Is Jesus the one? And this is what it all comes down to, yet in this world and in this society. Is Jesus the one? Is Jesus truly God? Not a creation of God, as the Mormons would want to have us believe, although they rarely say it because they want to be identified as Christians. This is certainly not what the Muslim believes. This is not what the Jew believes. This is not what the vast majority of life 
society believes. They do not accept the fact that Jesus is God. And yet you and I this morning have come into this place, have acknowledged that he is Lord, have acknowledged that before him every knee shall bow and every tongue shall state. We have said that he is the sinless one who has paid fully for the price. We are of those who, by God's grace, hear the voice of the Good Shepherd speaking. And when we ask the question, who is the Good Shepherd? We say, it is the Lord. It is the all-sufficient one. It is the great I am. My good shepherd is Jesus. And unless you acknowledge that, you are not saved. Unless you believe that, you are not saved. This is a crucial statement of Jesus. I am the good shepherd. But as we look at this passage, there is examples being given. Obviously, Jesus is drawing this illustration of who he is out of their life experience. He, he, he's not using some illustration for them to think about, for them to look at, other than that which they experience. There are actually some commentators who believe that Jesus and his disciples and others accompanying them are on a little walk and they pass by some of the scenes that are here present. I think that presses the passage a little bit because we don't have anything in the text that would indicate that. But certainly Jesus is using illustrations that they understood. So first of all, I want you to understand the places that are being talked about. See, there are two different scenes in this passage. And unless you understand there are two different scenarios that Jesus is placing before them, this, this passage gets, gets all messed up. So first of all, Jesus is talking about the practice of keeping sheep. This was done in two ways. If you were near a city, a town, or a village of significant size, the way this worked was, you as the shepherd took your sheep out to the pasture, you pastured them there for the day, and then at night you brought them back to a collective sheep pen, where you as shepherd number one brought your sheep, shepherd number two brought his sheep, shepherd number three, four, five, six, all the various shepherds from that various large community brought their sheep to a collective sheep pen. And that's where they are kept overnight. 
The other illustration that begins for us at verse 7, so that figure of speech, as the text notes, is verses 1 through 6. Verses 7 beyond, Jesus is picturing not that city scene, not that town scene, but he's picturing the shepherd who is far removed from any town. He, he had to go pasture his sheep far enough away to find those green pastures that to come back at night is an impossibility. So he is out with his sheep in the countryside at night. And he is the one. There's no other collective groups. It's just him and his sheep. That's what we find in the second half of the chapter. But our focus this morning is in that first scene. Now there is much emphasis given on the gatekeeper. So follow the illustration again. All these shepherds bring their sheep to a collective sheep pen where there is a person who is appointed as the gatekeeper. He is not one of the shepherds. His job is to work from, let's say, 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. His job is to stand at the gate where all these sheep are kept and to keep watch at the gate. That's his task. He, he's sometimes referred to as a porter. We might use the term guard. The next day, the next morning, all of these shepherds begin reappearing at the gate, asking the gatekeeper, the guard, for permission to call their sheep out. And the gatekeeper has to make the decision, do I know the one who is here to call the sheep? used in our illustration, if we did this in modern day, there'd be some guard with probably some clipboard, okay, and he'd ask, you know, what's your name? You know, what's your social security number? Do you got a badge? You know, or we'd have one of those zip-through things with a barcode on the other side standing there, and we'd zip it, and then the gate would open. But the point is, there is something there that keeps... This under protection. That's why Jesus says, the one who is the thief and the robber doesn't go through the gatekeeper because the gatekeeper would say, I don't know you. You're not on my list. You're not on the chart. You don't have a badge. Your picture isn't on it. You don't have your photo ID, whatever. Or it would be, I do not recognize you. I don't know who you are. You, 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 you are not one of the regular shepherds. And try as that person may, to get past the guard. He's not going to let him in. Unless they have some sort of documentation. Jesus is saying, I am the one who comes with all the credentials necessary to be able to call my sheep. I am the one who meets all the criteria because I am the good shepherd. I have the right to call my sheep because I am the one who fulfills all of the prophecies that have been given. 
the third thing to note about this example. So we have the places, we have the gatekeeper, but then there's the calling. So what happens is this. The shepherd comes to the gatekeeper. The gatekeeper says, yes, you have permission to enter the sheepfold. And then once the shepherd is in this collective sheepfold, he begins to call his sheep. And those sheep have learned to recognize his voice. They recognize the tone. They recognize the inflection. They recognize the terms. They recognize the words. And so those who are his sheep, who have been trained as his sheep, come to him. They push their way through the rest of the herd. It's like you're the sheep there and you go, Hey, that's the sound of my guy. I'm going to go. And you go. Interestingly enough, when I, when I read about this, the thought occurred to me, okay, so the sheep learn. How do the lambs learn? The lambs learn by watching the parent. Because the lamb does what the parent does. Oh, what a lesson there is, is there not? What a, what a powerful testimony that if the parent isn't following the voice of the shepherd, the little lamb doesn't learn either. When the parent neglects the voice of the shepherd, what happens to the lamb? It doesn't follow the shepherd either because the lamb learns by following the parent's example. What do you promise here as a parent? I will do everything in my power that this little lamb will follow my example to hear the voice of the shepherd. What do we do here as a congregation? We covenant with those parents and with that lamb. I will set the example. I will follow the voice of the shepherd. They will see it. They will see me get up. They will see me follow the good shepherd. Because I recognize his voice. I know his voice. That's the picture. That's literally what would happen in the time of Jesus. This is how shepherding worked. Jesus now takes that picture, takes that illustration, and says, this is what I do. This is the work. John chapter 10. Truly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But the one who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own by name and leads them out. He calls his own. Now let's narrow down on that. The action of the good shepherd. First of all, how he calls. 
he calls, first of all, generally. Because you see, when he stands there, and he's calling his sheep, all the sheep in the pen hear. All the other sheep who belong to shepherd two, three, four, five, they all hear shepherd A calling. They all hear it. But they don't follow shepherd A. But all hear the call. But he also calls specifically. He calls his sheep, so that his sheep who have learned the sound of his voice, who recognize the sound of their shepherd, follow. This is exactly what Jesus does in a spiritual way. We refer to it as the external call of the gospel. All here. All here. This is part of our work. This is part of what we do as the church of Jesus Christ. You are to go out into all the world and to tell them, I am the good shepherd. You are to tell them to listen to the voice of the good shepherd. You, they are to listen to Jesus. They are to listen to the gospel. This is what we go out with so that all the world Every single sheep there is hears. Every single individual hears that external call of the gospel. They hear Christ. They hear of Jesus. But not all follow. We speak not only of the external call, but we speak of the internal call. Some only hear with their ears, but some hear with their heart. They hear, that's the sound of my shepherd. That's his voice. Of course I'm going to get up. Of course I'm going to follow. Of course I'm not going to lay here and sleep. Of course every time he calls, I want to be there. Of course I'm going to follow him. They internally hear it. Turn with me in the back of your Trinity hymnals. A moment. To page 854. It's way in the back section. 854. So there's the external call, there's the internal call that here in the Westminster Confession is called the effectual call. So effectual and inward would be considered the same thing. Now listen to what it is that we believe. Now why do we believe this? Because of John chapter 10. John chapter 10 confirms this statement that are made here. Follow along. All those whom God hath predestined unto life, and only those 
He is pleased in his appointed time and accepted time effectually to call, inwardly to call. Everybody hears that outward call. Everyone hears the shepherd go, come sheep, come. But not all come. Why? Because he is pleased in his appointed and accepted time effectually to call by his word and spirit out of that state of sin and death in which they are by nature to grace and salvation by Jesus Christ, enlightening their minds spiritually and savingly to understand the things of God, taking away their heart of stone and giving unto them a heart of flesh, renewing their wills, and by his almighty power, the great I am, determining them to that which is good and effectually drawing them to Jesus Christ, yet so as they are come most freely, being made willing by his grace. Shepherd doesn't rope any sheep. They come willingly because they hear the sound of his voice. The effectual call of God's free and special grace alone, not from anything at all foreseen in man, who is altogether passive therein until being quickened and renewed by the Holy Spirit. He is thereby enabled to answer this call and to embrace the grace offered and conveyed into it. Elect infants dying in infancy are regenerated and saved by Christ through the Spirit who worketh when and where and how he pleases. So also are all other elect persons who are incapable of being outwardly called by the ministry of the word. So some are saved without ever hearing that external call because they hear the internal call of the Savior. Four, others not elected, other sheep, not of his sheepfold, you can read in John chapter 10, although they may be called by the ministry of the word, and may have some common operations of the Spirit, yet they never truly come to Christ, and therefore cannot be saved. Much less can men not professing the Christian religion be saved in any other way whatsoever, be they never so diligently to frame their lives according to the light of nature and the laws of that religion they do profess, and to assert and maintain that they may in very pernicious to be detested. In other words... There may be some very nice sheep in the sheep pen. But if they don't hear and answer the call of the good shepherd, they're not saved. This is how he calls. All here, but only those who internally, by his grace, recognize this is the sound of my shepherd. This is how Christ calls. But notice as well who he calls. This text is very specific again. He calls his sheep. He doesn't call all sheep, just those who are his. Note the expression of David in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. He's not everyone's shepherd. But he is my shepherd. 
It is David's statement of faith. I have heard the call of the great I am. I have heard the call of the Lord. I have heard the call of the good shepherd. Not just externally, but I have heard it. I am part of his flock. But the Psalms continue to do this. Go with me to, if you have your Bibles, to Psalm 78. Psalm 78. Psalm 78 is restating the work of the Lord in delivering his people. Now listen to how it's stated in verse 52. He led out his people like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. Did he do that for everyone? No. He only does it for his people. He only does it for his flock. Go forward to Psalm 95. This was our call to worship, but I stopped before I finished the verse. Listen to how the verse ended. Psalm 95, verse 7. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. We belong to him. There are other sheep who belong to other shepherds, but we are his sheep. And that's who he calls. Psalm 100. Verse 3, know that the Lord is, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And we'll get to the part where Jesus later in John 10 says, look, I have other sheep, not of this fold. I must go call them too. In this illustration, see, that's why in this illustration, he's talking about those sheep that have been penned up there, and now he comes in the morning to call those sheep, his sheep. He's not calling the other shepherd's sheep. He's calling his sheep, those that belong to him, those that have been given to him by the Father, those that before the creation of the world the Father had already identified and said to Christ, this is one of yours, this is one of yours, this is one of yours. So when we talk about the fact that he calls, note as well, he calls not only his sheep, but notice how John 10 tells us. He calls by name. He calls personally. He calls individually. He doesn't come to the sheep pen and go, here, sheepy, sheepy, sheepy. As if somehow any sheep who wants to can come. He calls by name. He calls specifically. 
because he knows those who are his. He knows those for whom he died. When he dies on the cross, he is not dying generally. Oh, I hope there's some people who finally come to know me and believe me. He already has in mind the exact names of the persons for whom he is going to lay down his life because they are his sheep. He calls individually. Bob, come. Tim, come. Vince, come. Mary, come. And his sheep know his voice. Did you catch the last one? Remember the picture, the scene? We're at the resurrection. Mary's weeping. Doesn't know who the guy is that's talking to her, thinking he's the gardener, until he says one thing. Mary. The sheep know when the shepherd calls them. Because Jesus always calls us individually. But he also calls us knowingly. He is the great I am. He is all wise. He knows exactly the kind of sheep I'm going to be. He knows exactly all the spots. He knows exactly all the mars. He knows exactly all the blemishes. He knows exactly every single one of my and your imperfections. And he calls comes to the gatekeeper, he enters, and he calls. Everybody hears. But those upon whom God's grace has worked in their heart, when they hear the good shepherd call, when they hear Jesus call, their name, Bob, they come. They come because they know that that is their shepherd. And what does he do? Why does he call? What does John 10 tell us? He calls to lead them calls by name and leads them out. He gathers those sheep. They've come. He counts. Mine are here. Let's follow. And he leads them out. Where? Where does the good shepherd always lead his sheep? He leads his sheep to the green pastures. Christ, the good shepherd, always leads us 
to that which is going to fully satisfy us. Sometimes that leading go through the valley of the shadow of death, obviously. You don't get to the green pastures on an easy highway. It's a hard and narrow road that the good shepherd leads us on. It's a difficult pathway. But at the end are the green pastures, a table, a dwelling in the house of the Lord. Sheep. Yeah, you and I, invited into the very presence of God forever. And the sheep follow. Are you? You following? Where the good shepherd's leading? Trying to make your own route, trying to go your own way, trying to establish your own principles, your own rules, trying to make your way to those green pastures on your own. You're lost. Here's the good news. The good shepherd leaves the 90 and 9, and this morning he's searching for you. And this morning he's calling you back. Come. Come. Follow me. I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The good shepherd calls his sheep and leads them and they follow him. Another shepherd they will not follow. Christ and Christ alone. If you are following him, think about the glory that awaits the sheep that follow the good shepherd to the Father's house. And the blessing, the joy along the way. Father, we do thank you for these words of Jesus, our shepherd, the good shepherd, the great I am. We thank you the call upon our hearts and upon our lives. That you, Father, have not just allowed us to hear with our ears, but by your grace and the work of your Spirit, have opened our hearts to see, to hear, to recognize the voice of the Good Shepherd. In his name we give you thanks and praise. May we follow him all the days of our life. And may we, Father, strive, strive, Set that example for the lambs among us. In Christ's name, God's people say, Amen. 599 in the church.